welcome to another episode. Get. Oh. I could have just done like Shinebox. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh. That's all right. Oh, missed opportunity. No, no. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's <laughs> having fun here. Hey. There's no rules. We're just having a couple of laughs. We're, it's not a movie show. It's, it's not an advice show. It's not an advice show. What it is, is a couple of brothers who are dads who love films, were raised by films uh, in a good way. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, your dad's a regular listener for people who don't know so we love you dad we love you dad <laughs> <laughs> um but we do. uh so this yeah like you said not an advice show not a uh movie review show but again us talking about the films that influenced us yep. growing up this is get your shine box i'm tristan ham you are i am chris i'm your brother oh, <laughs> no kidding wait a minute Finally, in that huge layout that you just put forward it kind of explains why i'm here yeah, thank you for true. Very thank nice. You. Now, we need to be efficient today more than any other day on uh, on planet Earth. Right. Yes. Okay. Why is that? Well, I'll get into that. Okay. okay? But uh, first, let's have a little conversation. Sure. About uh, how should we... We're, we're like days away from Oh, Christmas. man. So Christmas is coming. It's been crazy. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, I was supposed to have this week off. <laughs> so I was supposed to be like... Oh, what? Um, in my slippies. I was supposed to be with that mm-hmm. amazing poncho that Jules bought me doing a sweet FA catching up on all the series stuff that I wanted to get started on. So, mm-hmm. like Andor, and I wanted to get through, like, the end of She-Hulk, and I wanted mm-hmm. to pick up some stuff. And I've only got Apple TV, actually, for a very limited amount of time, because yeah. I got my three-month trials. I was like, I'm going to be doing... As it turns out, my work exploded and everything has been chaotic and I'm working on my rental house to try to get like renovations done. And again, dad's been amazing and it's been awesome to have like all these things kind of come together. Mm -hmm. However, it has been the least relaxing pre-Christmas of my life. Uh, in terms of parenting, though, I'm yeah. trying to think about what specifically has been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just kind of getting the kids ready, right? Like, yeah. so it's a lot of pajama days and yeah. get dressed up days. Yeah. Um, and so we're just trying to make sure that we facilitate that. Um, Brie had a little skating thing last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we're just literally trying to get kind of those activities done. Plus, you know, um, Laura's sister's in town. So she's going to be coming to visit. So we're getting kind of the house clean for that. Uh, and then her cousin had a baby, oh. uh, and we were supposed to have like a nerdy weekend the weekend before, which was kind of a bit broken and <laughs> collapsed. But you know what? Hey, family stuff comes up, and just, you kind of bend to what's there. So yeah. uh, the week has been complex, but um, not a lot of real specific kid things. I'm sure I'll have more to, more on the next one we do. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, same thing. It's been really busy. I'm winding down my current job, uh, going into other endeavors about same thing like every day is something else for the kids else something else and just busy 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 and same thing i i'm i meant to have this week off too oh but yeah it has oh tristan i'm sorry no okay it's not the way it turned out all good all good you know what it's in the scheme of things like you said it's not the end of the world but as far as parenting um i got a thing i have a lot of things man i got a lot of things like Items? No. Or... Well, issues, oh, I would say. Well, so items, they're itemized. That's a different podcast. You know, we can really yeah. peel back the layers of the onion. The onion. You're the Shrek in this. Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh, Glass Onion just dropped on uh, Netflix. I did watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. We'll get into it. Yeah. So, um, but the big thing is, so one of my big things is uh, gloves. Oh. My son is notorious for losing one glove. What? This okay. This exists in our house too. Yeah. And it's not losing a kid's glove. Yeah. They always lose my gloves. Oh no! This actually happened today. Anyway, please continue. Okay, okay. This is a hot 
issue. Oh, man. <laughs> Think about it. No kidding. So there is, um, yeah, like this nexus. My son loves losing one glove. Uh, I was at a school thing yesterday. I went and um, went to the... We're helping set up for his Christmas party. Lyon. Yeah. At Lyon. Oh, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I can't speak French. Sure. <laughs> but uh, so I was doing that and I saw Jack. Uh, I felt bad because um, I, I asked him to get a sweater in the morning, but he didn't get it. He just, he decided not to. Uh, like a Christmas sweater. It's hot though. Like it, it probably don't need a sweater, but it's probably just nice for the decor. Right? This is a necessity. I see. So instead he was like, I'm finding my shirt with a rip in it and stuff. I'm like, buddy, you don't look very clean. Like you need a sweater and stuff okay. like that. He's the like, feral kid from like the road warrior. He's the feral kid from the road warrior. He had his little metal boomerang. That's right. For the glove to catch you with. Yeah. Into a hole. Yeah. He typically speaks in grunts. Well. So he, um, so he's like, no, no, no. So I'm like, fine. So I went, I get him, I, I sent him to school yep. and I was going to go see him later. Um, and, uh, I meant to bring a sweater, but I had forgotten. So I'm looking at all the kids. Some kids are in tuxedos. Oh my. Some kids are, are so dressed up and he's looking so daggy. He's ripped toward. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he actually went up to me. He's like, did you bring my sweater? And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy, I forgot. And and so he, he was feeling it too. Oh shoot! Okay. Yeah, which was bad. So but that was Michael that. Jackson's way through it with the one glove. That's it. <laughs> no. That's, so yeah. So I guess the point of this story is that when um, I finished with uh, handing out the food and helping out at, at the school, I took an extra solid 15 minutes and I dove into the school uh, lost and found looking for his gloves. I found two. Oh my God. And was it the lightning sand from Princess Bride? Like you're sort of sit through all of it, trying to get yourself back out again? Like pretty much. Oh fuck. I can't even imagine. Oh. Yeah. It was the fire swamp. But I found, I did find a couple of gloves uh, to bring home. And I'm just, I'm staring at these gloves now. I'm like, well, these cannot disappear again. Right. So it has been uh, stressful glove wise, but uh, it's been good. It's been good. So oh, I, I don't know the point of that, but it's just. Oh, but I mean, this is kind of the parent stuff that you do. It, it actually reminded me too. I guess the one parent thing that did come up this week mm -hmm. was I, um, Scarlett was supposed to have a pajama day and she didn't tell anyone. Uh, and then at 930 uh, on a Tuesday, her teacher called me directly and was like, right. Hey, Chris. And I'm like, uh, hello, uh, Lon. And she's like, so Scarlett wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, no. Like, am I going to get reamed out by my five-year-old? Like, Because <laughs> she's got a lot of grounds. Don't get me wrong. Like, I fuck up all the time. But she's like, Dad, pajamas. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, you know, I'm looking around, and I've got stuff to do. And I'm supposed to be, like, t talking to my boss. And then there's yeah. another, like, mini explosion that happened at work. I'm like, fuck. But I'm like, nope. You know what? This is the time of year where you kind of got to pull through. So yeah. good for you for pulling through. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Uh, but I mean, under normal circumstances, I would have been just like, suck it up. <laughs> no, no chance, five-year-old. Yeah. Remember those tears. That's on you. Those life lessons, right? Those life lessons. Yeah. No chance for the pajans. All right. So, okay. What's the movie? Oh, my God. And this, okay, we entered this lightly. Okay. Yeah. Let's set this up. Let's preface sure. this. So yeah. some time ago, we actually watched this and then tried to record it. Yeah. Uh, this film, and um, I didn't remember it being that hard to watch and then record. We didn't use it because we we're a bit too boozy, and it just, it was not good. No, no, I mean, normally what we've moved to now, too, is a lot of note-taking, and just making sure that we've got our, like, synopsis tight, and we can mm -hmm. kind of, you know, keep the plot points in play. We were so young back then. Oh, okay. <laughs> that seems like an age ago. Um, yeah, so we, we kind of shelved it a little bit, but we, we were going to come back. We thought we it would be something we'd do. And then this last, actually, couple of weeks has been really 
fucked up because we've got about four other films that we've actually done yes. setups with with yeah. other people that we're going to record at some point. And we just yeah. now we have to cram something. So we thought, well, let's go back to a safe a safe zone. Yeah. And and we did it. We thought, okay, well, here's an easy one. I mean, this is the first film I ever saw in a VCR. 100%. I remember it so vividly. Picking it up at the brick. From the brick in yep. Fort Mac. Yeah. So um, the film, obviously, that we're looking at is Flash Gordon. Yes. Now, we watched it again. Uh, well, in segments. <laughs> in segments. So we start off watching about 20 yeah. minutes of it, and then life stuff came up this week. And so then we tried to get together the next day to finish it. And then yeah. more life stuff came up. And basically we had to finish it separately just yeah. to get through it. So the funny parallel is that I I, I went and I actually watched the documentary uh, Life After Flash as well with Sam Jones. Right. And all the shit that went on in that film to even get it made is a miracle. And I... And I, and I it's, it's so, <laughs> but I I feel like the way that we now were trying to watch this film very much parallels how this film was made. I think I think they had it easy compared to our truly <laughs> getting it. I'm actually getting through it. And I want to talk about this too because yeah. truthfully, there's not a lot to truly like about this film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's lots of fun performances, and I mean, I've got a great, like, subjective kind of love of this film. Yeah. But if you're looking at it completely objectively, yeah. it's a turd. <laughs> it's really it's a kind of a shitty film. Like, the special effects are kind of junk. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's like, it's a real mess. Yeah. But you came across maybe the greatest theory oh. of all time, and we're going to walk our way through this as we go. But... It's a joint theory. And well, sh- sure, sure. But... Listener, as we're as you're figuring this out, think to yourself, yeah. why do I like Flash Gordon? Yes. I would suggest to you that Flash Gordon is maybe the greatest retelling of the Wizard of Oz yes. ever created. Blown. Uh, Mind blown. Wait for it. Wait. wait. It's all going to make sense at the end. All right. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. What, what do we do for time? How much do we have? Oh, the, now this is epic. Like, it took us a long time. Yep. You know what? 5.30. You've got five minutes, a 30 second. A tight 5.30. A tight 5.30 to get through this I, beast. I love the bonus half minute. I'm going to make the most of it. Okay. All right. So, opening scene. Come up onto, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's like a little bit of keyboard action going on. And yeah. you can sort of hear, uh, hear this, like, voice. Yeah. And uh, Ming, it's it's this guy who's sort of going, like, I'm bored. <laughs> what, what fun do you have for me yeah, today? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, then you hear another guy who's like, uh, this guy, Kalitis, uh, or, or Kalitis? <laughs> okay, this is awesome. Okay, go Let's on. catch this right now. Sure. What does Kalitis mean? Kalitis is an inflammation of the colon. <laughs> it's, a, it's a flaming asshole. And basically, Kalitis in this thing is an absolute asshole all the way through. I felt like this is the most appropriate name you could come up with for this fucker. Anyway, uh, so... You can sort of see, like, Ming is this guy who basically goes through different planets and yes. like, tortures them. Yeah. And I think later it's sort of explained the reason he does this is he's testing to see if there's threats in the universe. That's right. And if people respond in some way, then he destroys them. Yeah. If he doesn't get any sort of response from them, then he just kind of lets it go. Yeah. So, I mean, he's mostly just sort of, you know, probing out there to figure out where future threats are, which is actually yeah. kind of tactical and interesting. It is. And yep. he's got um, quite an array of natural disasters at his disposal. Right. In order to really, um, you know, test these points. Correct. And my question was, as you're going through all the different options that are there, what if something comes up in the future that isn't, like, laid out in a button? Like, yeah, probably. okay, where's Plague of Locusts? Yeah. Like, I, I don't see some of this stuff. Or something modern, like uh, a pandemic. 
kind of thing. Precisely. So, I mean, he's really limited his options by having them on a specific keyboard, but, yeah. you know. Heavy hitters, though. He's got the heavy hitters that we've all, as human beings, have heard of or experienced. We right. have floods. Yep. We have fires. We have earthquakes. We have volcanic eruptions. But, but what's the most important one? Well, the most deadly one is hot hail. <laughs> Steam. <laughs> I'm like, people do this therapeutically to open their pores. Me is like running a magic spa from space. No kidding. Would you like the hot hail treatment? Uh, I would, but can I get the rocks too on my feet? Oh, yes, of course. The rocks as That's they fall to the earth. Is. Yeah. He's facilitating a spa day. He is. Oh, uh, so. Okay. Very so, good. So, yeah, go ahead. So at any rate, yeah. we, we do notice that this has been, uh, as the credits are rolling out now, and you can mm -hmm. see the destruction happening, uh, you can see Dino De Laurentiis is involved, so there's yeah. some Italian influence in this for sure. Oh, yes, there is. Certainly. There is a lot. Yeah, so I mean, there's all these natural disasters happening. You're yeah. seeing images from the comic books. It's actually a pretty fun opening. But... It is. It's a brilliant opening yeah. because you're right. Um, so each... Uh, credit each person who is credited, their comic book counterpart is reflected yep. in there. And obviously, we have some of the best music. Oh, it's in the world. So this is in 1980. This is ahead of yeah. Highlander. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the first soundtrack that they do, and yeah. it's pretty fucking epic. Oh yeah. And so fight for it too, because like they were big actually right. at that time, but Dino had no idea who they were, so they had a hard time convincing Dino. To go like, no, we gotta use Queen. He's like, no, Queens? Who are they? No kidding. Oh, he's Eastern European now. He's Watto. No kidding. The chance cube I roll it. Did we see if you do this musical? Yes. <laughs> it was like he wanted Pink Floyd to do it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's a bunch of groups that are kind of doing this with sort of rock opera feel, right? So we had Toto doing Dune. That's right. We had uh, these guys doing, you know, Highlander and other stuff that's in right. the future. So oh, yeah, Vangelis rocking out. Oh no, his stuff is like exhausting. <laughs> like late, yeah, for sure. Just that's like, it. Uh, he's the just Beatles like, doing Alien. Oh well, the Beatles show up in this. The Beatles too. show up so often. Oh my God, they're in this fucking film. We're gonna get into that too. So anyway, um, Hot Hail is the last thing yeah. disaster that's happening when we finally get into the film. That's right. So you pan up and you see uh, our hero, Flash Gordon. That's right, and he is in a. Family trickster from National Lampoon. <laughs> he's, he's, apparently, he went to some resort. He's in uh, some downtime while the football yeah. season is off. He that's plays right. for the New York Jets. Jets. That's right. And uh, he's about to get in a private plane and fly back to the mainland. We're assuming. He's waiting for it to taxi. He's just hanging out, yep. reading a book, I think. And who shows up? Well, uh, a beautiful uh, f uh, woman. A... a, a uh, um, Travel agent. Travel agent, that's yes. right. Comes out of this, like, sex van. <laughs> she does. She comes out of a predator van. It's full of puppies and candy. And she's she's got a weird smile on her face. It's not good. Uh, right. Dale, uh, yeah, arrives. Yeah. And, and she's looking absolutely stunning. Uh, Actually, you made this point, too, which is really fucked up. But they match. Yeah. Their color scheme is exact. Uh, also, like... Flash could not be more self-promotion because he's got his own shirt on. Like, like is he flogging his own merch at this point? Like, I would have loved it if he had signed it too. <laughs> this is going to be collectible one yeah. day. Oh, God, yeah. It's no wonder he had the station wagon. It's probably full of like hats and like, oh, yeah. I don't know, uh, Funko dolls in the back of it. Like just other things he's going to be hawking. I would love it if they panned out in the back of the station wagon, had like a, a an empty leash. Yep. On the back. <laughs> For dinky. Try to keep up for the first couple miles. <laughs> dog. Oh, and then like some like yeah. dead grandmother in a like recliner on top of the roof. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just wearing a set of like yeah. uh, Marty Moose ears. 
Okay, well, okay, okay. Anyway, so they hop on the plane. Uh, okay. They're kind of getting assembled. And you can tell, like, Felicia's has actually seen Dale before. Yes, he has. He's got, like, a little moment of recognition as he comes through. And he's like, hey, this is my lucky day. It is. It's yeah. going to be a really fortunate one for him. No problem. Smooth sailing. Beauty. He's, he's, here's an opportunity to casually talk to this woman and not be too intense or creep her out. No, but, oh, my God. So one of the things about... So let's let's start the Wizard okay. of Oz parallels now. Let's do it. So first off, yeah. for sure flashes Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to go on a journey. He has to try to find a way back. And one of the things that you notice about Flash almost immediately, and it's either because Sam Jones is high as fuck yeah. or something's wrong with his brain, yeah. but he's got like, this childlike innocence. Yes. He's very simple. He's yeah. like uh, not a super bright kid, yeah. but uh, he's really inquisitive and he's got a good heart. He is. Like Dorothy, he's the moral compass of this whole film. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, so then he kind of latches on to Dale. And almost immediately they're bonded, much yeah. like an owner and their pet. That's right. So in this case, we're going to go with Dale is Toto. Oh, no, no insult to... No, uh, women in any way. Oh, yeah. And and, and what's her real name? Uh, his, Melody Anderson. Melody Anderson. That's right. So, so she is Dale Arden. Yes. No, no, offen- no offense to her no whatsoever. Offense, but she is Toto. She is, 100%. she is Toto for sure. So they have like a puppy love that happens almost immediately. Yeah. So there's your puppy parallel Mm -hmm. but you know what they're really devoted to each other in a way that's very meaningful to the point where this whole thing doesn't happen unless flash commits to to being with dale yeah and it's like they have like this instant connection well yeah and and she even like she she tells him she uh, she loves him like hours hours into the like it's it's crazy yeah all right so anyway uh they're hanging out um you know flash again he's after football season they get onto their plane uh, then basically they are take off on the plane yeah. and you can sort of see some of the moon rocks coming down and so you know like you know something's happening right yeah. so they get in the air and oh, go ahead yep. <laughs> just because it's oh it's such a nice little uh, closed loop on the hot hail is like um, the flashing button of hot hail happens throughout the uh, opening scene yeah. and, and when it actually comes in it kind of fades away so you're like you're still got that hot hail in your mind yeah. and then like Flash is reading his magazine or whatever his book and he's in his car, and like hot hail hits his car, and it's like clink, 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 gone. <laughs> and he just kind of. Well, that's what I'm saying. This isn't a natural disaster again. He's just, he's trying to relax the earth before the actual pumping and death comes down the road. So, for sure. Okay. They're in the plane. Yep. They're having a bit of a conversation. Yeah. Right. And the pilots, pilots, um, reading a People magazine. Yeah. And so you know what? And, and Flash Gordon's on the front there, and it's funny because they're like, I sure hope Flash Gordon has a great season this year. Yeah. And it's like, why would you need to say his last name? Like, how many flashes are actually out there that are playing football that are in your fucking plane? Like so. Too Fred. That you have to say their first and last name. I feel like I'm like that guy for some people. Chris Ham? Yeah. He was like, yeah. And Chris Ham said, I'm like, no, no, I've got a first name. And it didn't yeah. necessarily have to have the the extra part. But yeah. do you have someone like that? Yeah, Dave Stone. Dave Stone. It's yeah. always Dave Stone. It's never Dave. It's always Dave Stone. That's interesting. Yeah. So maybe this is Flash Gordon's thing too. He's just yeah. that guy. Flash Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, they, they start to fly. Yeah. And it sort of comes out too that there's some turbulence. Yeah. Because of all the hot, hot hail. Yeah. That's changing up like the air temperature and creating yeah. a little bit of, you know, uh, disruption. Yeah. So as they're flying along, uh, Flash tries to calm Dale down a little bit by mentioning that he's a pilot. Yeah. He's talking piloting lessons. Yeah. And as he's giving this exposition, what happened? As he's explaining to Dale, because she's just an innocent puppy dog. That's uh, With no brain whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, what happens? Well, he's, he's explaining and then all of a sudden the sky goes red. Right. Blood red. And he kind of notices that like, oh, that's not normal. 
No. Uh, and the, the pilots notice this, and their plane starts, you know, hitting hard turbulence and going places. <laughs> it's like fucking genius advice of the guy who's had one flight lesson. So it's like, hey, guys, maybe take a little higher. It might have less turbulence. Huh? Duh. Yeah. Did you jiggle the wire? Did you turn it on and off again? <laughs> Fuck off. No, Kenny. Get lost, idiot. So anyway, it gives them a little bit of advice, and then yeah. suddenly we see, like, from the pilot's perspective, what happens? A big, like, red meteor comes at them. I think it's a meteor. It's, 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 a, series, it's a series of hot rocks. Like, it's, it's part of this moon rocks. Yeah, it comes and crashes, slams into the cockpit, and just manages to shatter the windows and pilots. <laughs> so not enough turbulence to pull, or air uh, suction to pull anyone else out but not pilots. Yeah. And when Flash and Dale go up to try to keep the plane flying, mm-hmm. no problem. They're good. They're fine. Yeah, he he gets in. He gets her on the passenger side. They pull it up from a dive, and now they're trying to figure out things. Instruments aren't working. Yep. Wind is blowing in his luxurious hair. And, uh, and then they'll ask the question, hey, yeah. you know, from your pilot lessons, did you ever learn how to land? And he's yeah. like, huh, I was afraid you'd ask that. <laughs> yeah, so, that's it. So they have to try to land the plane, though. They do. Yeah. yeah. So as they're flying along, and everything's red. So let's go back to the Wizard of Oz for a moment. Yes. In The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy gets caught in a storm with Toto. That's right. And it's that storm mm-hmm. that basically facilitates the trip to Oz. So, yes. you know, here we sort of see the laying of the seeds yes. of what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, we don't have all of our cast of characters, and we don't have kind of everything falling into place yet. Yes. But you can see that there's already a couple parallels starting to come together. Also, during the turbulence, when that plane is, you hear a laugh. That's right. From the perpetrator. Like like the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. All right. So we this is solidified. Yeah. The shoehorn now is almost got the big toe in, and now I'm going to try to work on the pinky. If I can do those two, I think we're going to get it. Make it work. All right. So anyway, yeah. they have to land the plane. So they're heading towards uh, the ground. Yeah. That scale model of like oh, <laughs> a laboratory. Oh, exactly. Oh, my God. So anyway, meanwhile, you pull back to Sarkov. Yeah. And so this is where we get introduced to Sarkov, and then, holy mm. fuck, the nexus of the universe. So we're going to talk about this for a moment, because yes. as we went through our theories, we tried to think, who are all the different characters yes. as they exist in The Wizard of Oz? Right. And the one we had the hardest problem with is going to get explained in a moment. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, you don't see the plane, but you see Sarkov. And then suddenly, uh, one of the hot rocks yeah. from the moon crashes through a window and lands on uh, a uh, bed. Yeah. And so what happens? Well, there's an individual in the bed. He's like, mm, oh, you're French, aren't you? <laughs> and he, he kind of wakes up and notices that he's on fire. Right. And screams. And in the shot, you see Zarkov sleeping in a cot, like two feet from this person. Undisturbed. Yeah. And he's, this other assistant gets up and starts screaming and gets the fire out kind of thing while Zarkov's still out. <laughs> Which says to me, Zarkov is so used to his assistant screaming in the night. <laughs> He just ignores this. Forget, moments later, Sarkov has a gun pulling out. Like, so, there's all kinds of shit he does to this poor guy, Munson, uh, over the course of his, like, lab assistant life. That's right. Although, later we'll also see that there are some fun moments when they scramble through Sarkov's brain. Yeah. Anyhow. Some fun moments when his wife dies. (laughs) Well, not those fun moments. And also all the tigers. He's the original Tiger King in this. Like, going on anyway there's a tickle fight that he has with munson and so i feel yeah, that's, that's their the moments that's, of levity so oh, yes that part so so for sure no no none of the dark stuff where he tuck, chucks his way from the pool and she dies yeah. okay. uh so so he gets up and he starts screaming yep. scrambling and wakes up zarkov right and zarkov gets up yep and uh, i mean he's like zero to a thousand he oh. has no in between he's on yeah 
And so he uh, goes in, he starts yeah. working in his lab. Conveniently, there's a bit of a television program talking about Sarkov's theories. <laughs> and it just kind of lands that you get some juicy exposition yeah. and then Sarkov can cut a basket in his uh, sort of awesomeness. That's right. Uh, this is laboratory. They're clicking switches. He's, you know, there's great shots of Topol like uh, screaming, check the vector of the moon kind of thing right and, and as it turns out the moon is off its orbit yes and so this is his theory he's like i've been saying it for years mm -hmm. uh except ming has only been attacking the earth for, for like hours seconds. yeah of so so nothing's really been happening and i guess if yeah. you complain about the moon being off orbit long enough chances yeah. are it's just going to come to fruition so this is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy I, and jeez oh, i recognize since someone so first off, what is his name? What is his name in real life? The actor's name. The the actor's real name is uh uh oh my gosh because this is the important part. William Hootkins. So Hootkins. Hootkins. What weird name? It does. It sounds a lot like someone else who's famous. So Kins. Kins. It's, it's like someone took his last name and just rearranged it at the beginning and made that his character. So I'm going to argue yeah. that uh. Munson yeah. is in fact Glinda. Yes. And here's why, because this fucker is magic. He's in all of my favorite films. Yes. This guy plays which characters, Tristan? A Porkins in Star Wars. 100%. Who else? He plays uh, one of the, the government men in Raiders of the Lost Ark. 100%. And who else is he that's like fucking mind-blowing? Oh, he is also in Batman. He is Carton. Totally. So he's like, he's the Nexus. It's fucking magic. And... As we'll sort of get into, it's his death that yeah. helps to sort of set everyone on their course. Yeah. Because had he actually gotten into the rocket with them, They'd then none of this would have happened. Flash would not have been able to expedite his yeah. way back. That's so right. So he magically sort of gets things to uh, yeah. sort of catalyze and yeah. go forward. So, yeah, fuck. And maybe that's why um, good old Zarkov doesn't really mourn him when he gets crushed by the blaze. So two things happen. Oh, so, all right, so let's go back. So, Dalen, Dalen, uh, Flash are trying to land the plane. They come through. Porkins, sorry, not Porkins, Munson, who gets Munson in this fucking movie. Uh, so Munson's like, yeah. he, Sarkov says we have to go and try to save the moon. So they're yeah. going to go fly into space and try to find some way to save it. There's no explanation about how they're going to do it. It's not like the rocket that they have has arms that they can like, are they going to go straight to the moon and put it back on its orbit? Kind of like Armageddon? It's, that's the only going theory I would have. Really? Uh, but he sort of like whips out a gun and chases yeah. Munson into trying to get into the ship. That's Munson right. wants none of this. He tries to run out the door. Yeah. Also, there's a fucking massive crop of weed. <laughs> like so... There's so much drugs that are being grown by Sarkov right now. It's no wonder he's paranoid and erratic. So he's off his nut. So so Zarkov has all these materials yep. for stuffing. Let's just leave that there. Oh, is it's almost like it's a cornfield. Yeah. And it's like Sarkov is like a, a scarecrow. And Let's come back to his brain, because yes. if you think about it, in this movie specifically, he even says it's the one thing he values the most. It's yeah. all I have, wow. including the moment where it gets drained. Yeah. So we'll come back to this. Okay. Well, anyway, so yeah, the Munson runs out, just comes down. So Munson does a quick 180, yeah. a 360. That's 360. <laughs> it comes barreling back in, and Sarkov's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And the plane... Mm. It's Munson. Munson is fucked under this plane, but but no care. It's no problem. No, no. Zarkov is like, all right, more people. Excellent. Yeah, basically. So you know, so Flash and Dale land. Yeah. They pop out. They're lucky to be alive. And Sarkov's like, 
not the least bit suspicious. He's got a gun behind his back and something else. Like, I think it's the, uh, the control post. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. For sure. So anyway, yeah. he tries to get them to go into the ship. Yeah, to, says there's a phone in there. Right. Right? And he's super, super suspicious. Oh, my right? God. He could not he's be more freaky yeah. in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh yeah sure okay. so anyway yeah. like they do they go into the ship yeah uh, they're looking for the phone yeah and then sarkov says pulls yeah. out a gun yeah and he says to, to flash you get out of here and says to dale you stay here you're the lighter of the two so interestingly it's yeah. the potential loss of toto yeah that will help dorothy make this choice because hypothetically if you don't know someone and you think maybe your life's in jeopardy unless you have an attachment maybe you make that decision there's many times in Wizard of Oz where Toto leaps into something and Dorothy has to run after to save Toto exactly so so this is one of those instances where you kind of start to see more of that parallel Mm -hmm. Uh, not so much that it's the Scarecrow that is really um, kind of the problem in the beginning parts you don't really see the Scarecrow until you get to Oz but you know we're we're, it's it's like it because Glinda's only at well, think about it, too. They've just crashed. So maybe this is all part of that transition. Yeah. Now, certainly, if you think about the original Wizard of Oz, they go from a, a black and white yeah. to color. Yes. One thing you're really going to notice about going from regular Earth into Mongo is the change in color dynamics. It's... So there's this whole thing about, like, real life or sort of bland life into yeah. surreal life. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that they're there yet, but, I mean, if that plane crashes and imagine they died. Yeah. Uh, and this is all sort of a fever dream inside of them. This could be part of that whole transition to us. Well, going into Mungo and all that, um, you know, all the, the the amazing, like, chemical and paint effects and things <laughs> like that. Spider-Man from the 60s, <laughs> like that drop they used to do. Could that be part of the yellow brick road? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Maybe. Anyway, we do know that there's that transition from yes. wor- otherworldly to worldly. Exactly. And so... So they go on the rocket. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a scuffle and they... they, they, they He's launch. Flash kind of like chucks Sarkov against the control panel and like this hand. Gonna sit on but yourself at this point because you just hit the launch button yourself with yeah. Sarkov's head. Yeah. So anyway, they launch off. Everyone gets into the seatbelt. Yeah. Uh, Sarkov has to tell uh, Flash to get his pedals on. Yeah, he's got some pedals. Got some pedals. Like, I don't know what the pedals are doing. Sarkov not have angled those pedals and just doing because you know, like trying to wheel his way out. Oh god! Basically, it's a peloton that he's trying to get through space on. Actually, it makes sense to me why he picked yeah. Dale to go into that thing because yeah. that is the most penis shaped ship. This is the most super phallic movie, but you know what? When you're flying a space penis, you've got to take the right girl. You have to. You yeah. have. It's a requirement. It's basically yes. So they they're, they launch why, off. Why why is Dale always getting into strange vans and vehicles? Oh. Like she shows up in that van in the beginning, oh. then she gets into the spaceship. Oh, I know she is. She's completely no stranger to you. Yeah. Not one bit. Okay. Um, they're ri- they're ripping through. Uh, they find the portal to oh, Mungo. Oh, the one thing I hate <laughs> yeah. this point too. So not only, so Munson's under the plane, but we don't know that he's dead. Yeah. With the launch of the rocket and all the fucking flames that basically send that house up in smoke, including all the weed. Yeah. Uh, Munson is for sure dead now. Like, there's no question. So, yeah. yes. Uh, I just like that that sort of... <laughs> just get rid of the evidence. <laughs> Okay. All right. So so dead, but yeah. he he managed to form like a bubble around himself. In her way, correct. Yeah. Basically, he drift off. Drifts off. Yeah. Okay. So whole building is gone. They're off into space, and then you start to see um, them plummeting towards Mongo. The That's main. right. Right. They they go into the atmosphere. They go into space right. proper. Oh, and then they, there's no grab. There's there's no weightlessness. No, no. <laughs> like ah, fuck it. Let's not. Let's just solve gravity while yeah. they're up in that ship. Yeah. Uh, and also another pressure of like going through that has any effect on them. They actually sleep through it. They do. They have a little. 
little sleep. Except uh, there's tons of shots of Dale who's super sweaty through the whole thing. Yeah, what's it's interesting. Yeah, and, I'm not sure why that would have happened, but sure, okay. Yeah, so, well, the heat, I guess, of going through space. Through sure. the, the the lake of fire. Doesn't Clytus say at some point? Yeah, they do go through the lake of fire. They have to yeah. guide them through. So the ship comes out. Yeah. And, um... They tractor beam them. That's right. Yep. Uh, but they only manage to... Land them near the palace, not at the palace. Correct. Near. They're kind of in the, that front section, and then all the golden guards come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! No kidding. And then the uh, basically the Thunderbirds, yeah, <laughs> pop out as puppets and start to. Yeah, you could see that ship is so like on it's a string. Oh, yeah. Pointed it out for sure. But it's pretty funny. So it grounds. Yes, and then the palace guards come. Uh, the pigmen. Sure. Yes. And you can actually see as they're going through, you've got those guys with the glasses. Oh, yeah. Because they're helping to guide those through it. So you've got like basically four different kind of panels are in each eye. There's like, okay, yeah. you know, red, yellow, blue, and then like a line graph. Yeah. Like, so it's like, how are we doing? Success. Yeah. Like, line graph up. Want another connectivity thing yeah. here? Okay. The dude, the main dude, where yep. we see the goggles, yep. he's like, they're coming through the lake of fire, that dude. Yep. He's also in Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City. He's got one of the earmuffs on. He's one of um, the uh, the guards. No way. Lando. Same actor? Same actor. Holy shit. Fuck. No kidding. Yep. Is he fighting porkins? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This. So, okay. This is pretty crazy. So, right. pig guards come yep. and uh, flash Zarkov and Dale emerge from their penis rocket. And uh, they see these, these aliens. Uh, they're literally called pig guards, too, actually. Oh, okay. That's yeah, fun. so I didn't know that, but huh. there you go. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Colitis being so, like, feces-ridden, pigs love to stand in their own shit. That's right. This is why he's always surrounded. Colitis has always got the pig guards around him. It's like, they're the only ones who can stand it. They've got the mask to filter all the farts, and so they've come up with a system so that Colitis can actually have friends. Mm-hmm. All right. So they emerge. Yep. Um, Flash sees these aliens, right? They've got guns trained on him, and he's like... Hello, and he extends his hand for uh, a good, hearty Earth handshake. Correct. Yeah, but then... He's a lovable dude. He's got a great moral compass. He does. He does. He approaches everything, every situation with that, hey, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. He has a childlike joy, even when he has to fight all of those guards in that one sequence with the Fabergé egg. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's just having a ball out there. He's like... I get to use my football skills. Yeah. He is. He's a child. He's a man-child. Okay, so so he's got his hand extended. The guard shoots a gun at him. The gun is... It makes a hand appear and grabs uh, his hand and then flips him over. And then he shoots the gun again and the hand appears on his throat. Oh, I thought they were going to do like over the top. Like we're going to get first alone. That's it. They arm wrestle to see who's going to win. But he... You're not a terrorist plan. That's He's finished it. That's it. Um, so, um, they managed to capture Flash yep. and the crew and bring them to the palace. Yes. Okay? As they're walking through the palace here, uh, we're, we've got this, like, weird wall-eyed fucking vision, because there's, like, a robot that's leading them. Well, it's the Star Wars probe droid. It is the probe droid. It's just been gilded yeah. for this one specific thing, but he's basically just floating along. Yeah. After finishing interrogating Leia, yeah. he's a, he gets promoted. He's fancier. He moves <laughs> to another planet. Yeah. And uh, Ming pulls him in, because he likes the cut of his chip. <laughs> so... They're being led by the probe droid. Yeah. Uh, and it's got like a wall-eyed vision of them. And, and so one thing you commented on too is, you know, they're like, oh, well, maybe they're like an advanced state. Maybe they're really nice. Maybe we can trust them. He's got skulls. Like, this is like a, the bones of a dead human that they plastered on and covered in gold. These are nice guys. Mm-hmm. There's also like um, the other uh, masks that show up in this. Yeah. And everyone's either got like, um, I don't know, Oompa Loompa or like, it's 
fucked up. It is. Yeah. Those those red spandexy guards in the football scene, like they're just with the overbite. Is this all the no kidding? The simple jacks <laughs> fighting away. So what do they lose? Uh, seriously. Okay. So, so they're walking through, but now, and this is an ongoing joke on these poor this poor species. The fucking lizard man shows up, he's like, no kidding. Halt. Lizard man, and they fucking fry the lizard man just for showing up. <laughs> what are they? Just like space vermin? They are. The, they're the space pigeons. Oh, they're space pigeons. They are space pigeons. That's okay. what they are. Okay. Yeah, like right. Futurama. They're the owls. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, there it is. So the lizards are the space pigeons in Wizard of Oz kind of uh, vernacular, though. Uh, um, well, maybe they don't necessarily have... I don't think they have a set purpose. Like, it, there's no real Wizard of Oz kind of stand around, not <laughs> just sort of show up consistently. Like, they're not yeah. like the Lollipop Guild. Because I nah. think the Lollipop Guild is a different group. Yes. We also want to figure out... I know who the. I think we know who the Flying Monkeys are, too. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm not really 100% what the Lizards are. They're just comic relief, man. Just comic relief. These poor guys, like, any scene they're in, people are shitting on them. Yeah, like, they get drowned on Arborea. <laughs> <laughs> so they get like laser zap. They're always like hung up in dungeons and stuff. Sorry. Dungeons, yeah. But like, they're like the geckos, like just climbing the walls and screaming at stuff. Like, I'm not sure what the fucking point is, but here you go. So they're okay. Now they're leading him into the uh, grand room proper. Right. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Sirkoff almost immediately is like, you know, these guys, if it's like a police state, yeah. then they're ready to revolt. Like, he's already kind of keyed on it in the first yeah. five seconds that there's some sort of turmoil that's happening on Mongo. And, he's, and, yes. and he identifies Flash as a leader without even barely knowing the guy. There it is. Yes. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting because don't doesn't the, the Scarecrow puts a lot of um, kind of importance on Dorothy as well, doesn't he? She's the one that's going to lead them. He she immediately starts to follow. Like, yeah. the Scarecrow without question is like so interested in Dorothy's quest yeah. having known what to do that he just like you say immediately is on board yeah and granted he's looking for his brain yeah but I mean again because of the prominence of Sarkoff and his intelligence yeah I could still see how this becomes like a, a parallel character I think so okay so they're they're being led into the grand uh chamber room right uh and uh, they see all the species now and there's all sorts of different kinds sure of absolutely yeah, uh, I think they that this probe droid also zaps um, Zarkov's nuts as well, or his gun. It does zap his gun, but it looks like his nuts. Like yeah, he's like he's looking like at his pockets, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty wienery movie. We'll it, get into there, more of that. It, there is tons of kind of these like kind of erotic uh, undertones. Okay, so you know we get into the main hall, yeah, and uh, we get to meet some other characters before Ming the Merciless comes out. So yeah. we get to meet Brian Blast's Voltan, and this guy is like. He is fucking on, man. Like, hey. anything that Brian Bless has ever done where he's not a thousand percent, but on this one, he's like a thousand one. Yes. Like, he's just like at maximum blast. Oh, yeah. And so who is who is his character? What's his Wizard of Oz parallel? Oh, yes. So, um, Voltan is um, this bravado, yep. this huge, huge presence, uh, also very animalistic, but you don't know if there's anything behind it. And right. so, he's the Cowardly Lion. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you can tell he's Cowardly Lion later because... Yeah. When everything comes down to it and he has an opportunity to join Baron and Flash and fight, yeah. he's the first guy to turn tail. That's it. He doesn't have his courage yet. No, he doesn't. No, you're right. It's all surrounded in bravado. It is. So he's definitely not. The other guy you meet, because yeah. Baron is, or sorry, is, well, I give him that away. <laughs> but um, Voltan is about to give um, a tribute to yeah. me. And it's this ice gem. Yeah. And uh, who comes in to stop him? Well, a uh, Robin Hood. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Why <laughs> This is such a fuck. Baron, Robin, come yeah, on. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. pretty pretty evident who he's trying to emulate. Yeah. But uh, who is Baron? 
So Baron comes in and he is um, fairly cold and emotionless, ready to attack with his weapon right, right away. And he is the Tin Man. Correct. Yeah. He does not have a heart. Now, no. he does have lust, and we get into this a little bit more later. Yeah. But he definitely doesn't have like the heart of a leader. He's yeah. really just being driven by either anger, yep. uh, revenge, or his penis. Yeah, he is like super horny in this and yeah. trying to get to Aura, which we'll also meet in a minute. So out comes Ming, who is Ming. Yes. It's Van Sidow. Oh, so he's his so great. costume weighed 80 pounds. Holy shit. He really? could only wear it for minutes before he needed to like sit down and do stuff. Like the Okay, I gotta mention. Yeah. Because I, I went down the rabbit hole of this documentary. And right. Shit. Go ahead. The costumes were insane. Clytus's costume, he could only wear it for like 10 minutes at a time. Like he had to have like a washboard inside it to keep him upright. No way. Like insane. They were the heaviest costumes in the world. And another thing about Clytus, which is fun, is that um, because this, the silk of his costume was so fine apparently his penis kept popping up oh no <laughs> so they they had to fashion him like a very a special piece. a cock piece or a drug strap essentially yeah okay. so uh, wild shit well they cast him, him the right way man he oh, was man. like he's cock on all the time oh he is he is cocksure and and all the hawkmen couldn't sit so literally when they were between takes they had to lie on their stomachs no way and blessed had like a a, a a special perch made for him <laughs> to actually sit down and people would He's the fuck out of him. But he probably was like, just like, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Man, he's intense. Okay. Are we, we're probably at about four minutes now, so we should probably hurry. Move this forward. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So, no sweat. 40 minutes. Holy shit. All right. So, anyway. It's going to be a long one, folks. Okay? I'm not apologizing anymore for it. This is a long fucking episode. No, but it's going to be worth it. Okay. All right. So, Ming is... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But who who's his character parallel for Wizard of Oz? Well, we thought, and I think this fits very nicely, is Wicked Witch of the... West. West. Thank you. Yes. Mainly because, and this is because, you know, I saw the play Wicked, I've read the book and the thing, so I know a little bit about that Wicked Witch of the West kind of thing. Like a bit more lore and things like that. Sure. So one thing about the Wicked Witch of the West is that people have put all this thought on her that she is evil. Right. This is how they perceive her. This is all the labels they've put upon her, like Maleficent in a sense, right? right? It's like, you are evil. You are evil. And so she embodies what people say she is. Well, even in the beginning, like, Kaleidos is really, like, he's a, he's kind of facilitating a lot of his evil, right? Like, yeah. you know, so maybe Ming has bad tendencies, yeah. but it's the evil around him that are really yes. kind of feeding it. So it's not like, you know, if if... Kaleidos didn't help to find a planet so yeah. that he could torture them. Would he even be doing what he was doing? It's yeah. like, he's just someone who's got been given this title, yeah. and now other people are making it happen for him. They're actualizing the yeah. evil. So he he has to be this evil. And there's a deleted line, apparently, in the movie, uh, where Dale sees Ming, like, like he ends up stabbing this one poor golden guy. Uh, and um, I think Dale says, like, oh, you're merciless. And there's a line where Ming goes, merciless, I love that. I shall be known as Ming the Merciless. And so, again, people are putting this on him. So he is embodying it. So Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. And so now that we're there, yeah. who is Kaleidos? If that's the case. Like, if we've got the Wicked Witch mm -hmm. of the West, then who is Kaleidos? Yes. And this is where maybe it doesn't follow the story of, of Wizard of Oz, but he very much embodies a character there. Correct. He is the Wicked Witch of the East. Right. With yeah. General Kala, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I would say that is in both of their deaths, they have very witch-like deaths. Right. We'll cover those when we get there. Yeah, that's it. But, I mean, in terms of who is actually the purest evil in this, I would argue Kaleidos is the worst. He tortures the dog. He's a total shit. He tortures. He does everything. Yeah, he is. Sorry, I'm just trying to make more use of that poop. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
He is for sure. He is, you know what? And he just he's such a puckered asshole. In okay. Fact, yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, then there's this whole scene where Ming asks the one person yes. to fall on a sword. Yeah. And so then uh, you kind of get the sense that you know. Um, Ming is just evil. He's looking yeah. to get indulged. Like, it's more of a spoiled brat kind of behavior as opposed to being truly yes. evil, I would think. Yeah. Um, because the Lollipop Guild is so um, oppressed yeah. in the film, do you think these this this group represents the Lollipop Guild, do you think? or I think they represent the Lollipop Guild. The Lollipop Pop. Guild. The Lollipop Guild? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. They are, absolutely. This is yeah. this is that group that is being completely oppressed yes. by, uh, and you can see, like, they're all colorful, yeah. much like the Lollipop Guild was. Yeah. You've got that group of, like, Christmas ornaments who basically <laughs> hang on in the back with swords. <laughs> they're fucking mean, but you yeah. know what? They are. They're all kind of midgets and stuff. Like, those yeah. parallels, they're there. Bam. So, right. so uh, yeah, uh, Ming um, uses his power. He's got a, like, everybody's got a ring that does shit. Yeah, everybody has a ring that Utility does Utility rings. They do yeah. just about anything. It's like Green Lantern, basically. Oh. Another shared universe. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Because the rays are all yellow. Yellow is fear. fear. Oh. Snap. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, this is also where you meet Aura. Yeah. Uh, so, this is Ming's daughter. And so, they, you know, they bring... Um, Flash forward, they talk a little bit about his introduction, and then she comes out and she's kind of smitten with him. Yeah. And she's got her own little sex midget, which is the guy who probably did the body for Grandma Wormtongue out of the uh, rock faction. Yes, oh. It is Deep Roy. Okay. He So he's in almost every Tim Burton film. He is in everything, Deep Roy. Interesting. Everything. Holy smokes. Yeah. So he's another one. We can we can think about what he kind of represents in some fashion. Anyway, let's ponder. He doesn't even have a line in this whole film, but, but, but he is there. Yeah. He's definitely he's just a pet. So, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Ming chastises them for going around in space and kind of not knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, basically, the witch, uh, sorry, or then uh, Dale gets hit by space magic. Yeah. Has basically a sex chasm right there. Yeah. Like, it's pretty weird. <laughs> it's weird. So apparently, the uh, the way that the script can, uh, talked about this is that uh, Dale was meant to imagine her at an erotic picnic with Ming. Oh, that's okay. what was going on during that whole thing, apparently. Well, you could tell Flash was into it because he's like, that was pretty sensational. That was pretty sensational. <laughs> yeah, I, pretty into it. I got off twice watching that day. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. Basically, yeah. they decide that this is it. They're going to try to break free. Yeah. Um, Flash, like, goes into full football mode, especially yeah. after Sarkov puts him back in his element. That's Gives right. him a Fabergé egg. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So puts him in some kind of agency that he gets strength from. Yep. And there is this apparently improvised mega scene with these guys in like straps and fucking spandex. And, and weren't you saying this is like Sam Jones's idea to yeah. have him have like a football yeah. escape yeah. or attempted escape? That's right. Okay. So he did. Uh, they have this massive like to-do with footballs. Uh, eventually Zarkov knocks out uh, Flash accidentally uh, and they carry him off. Correct. But instead of getting killed, Ming's daughter, Aura, yes. asks for him to be spared. Yes. And they have this weird moment between Ming and Aura where you're like, are they going to make out? Yeah. Is this going to happen? Yeah, it is. It is weird. It's so, it's a little bit strange. That relationship, if we had to do a parallel now, who is Aura? Oh, very good. Can we have so, talk about this yet? Yes. Okay. Oh, for sure. So okay. Aura is the wizard. Yes. She is the Wizard of Oz. And the reason that I would say that is she is the one person that everyone sort of feels they can come to. Like she is the yep. most pursued. Yep. She's the one who everyone uh, will give up everything for because they believe yep. that she's going to facilitate their wildest dreams. Yes. And if you think about Baron, yep. he gives up all of his like autonomy and kind of coldness because he's searching out the wizard. You think about the doctor who basically gives up his life uh, to be able to facilitate her request to save Flash when he's about to be killed. Mm -hmm. Everyone is after what the wizard can offer. Exactly. And this is where Aura is that person. Plus, 
Aura needs to be redeemed because she has a veil. Yes. And in this, the veil is her sexuality. Yeah. So it's when she gives rid of that veil and reveals herself at the end and she has this redemption, which is like the weirdest moment of her debate, like going back to Perrin and being like, ah, I've changed. I've changed too. I love you. I love you too. Are we getting married? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's it's terrible, yeah. but yeah. she she's the one person too who like seems to be, you know, she's the catalyst, right? Yes. She, she helps to get people to where they need to go. So yeah. yes, that, I would, I would, I'm pretty comfortable with that one. I like that too. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, uh, Flash gets brought to the sex dungeon. Um, I think uh, he they strip him of a shirt uh, and put on a sex helmet. Yep. Uh, and uh, there's more lizard men in that. Fine. I'm just hanging on the back like, oh, also Shaggy. Shaggy is in the first. Tristan spotted Shaggy in the back. If you look, there's a guy with like brown hair and a green shirt. Yeah. And he's just like hanging there. And, like, And he's snacking on something. <laughs> okay. Lizard's like throwing him Scooby snacks. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Anyway, so uh, basically they go to the torture chamber. Yeah. Uh, Kaledis' ring is able to blow up Flash's helmet. To make whatever. Well, you know what? If it's a, a, you know, a Sinistro ring, it can do anything. It can, but uh, sure. Anyway. anyway, so then, you know, in the spaciest fashion possible, they take yeah. a timer, like a sand timer, uh, hourglass, hourglass, and turn it upside down so it flows up. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> no. Okay, no okay. <laughs> So that's a science. It's so space magic. Yeah. Anyway, so they have a little bit of time to talk before yeah. uh, things kind of fall apart. Yeah. And basically, this is a bit of a reveal. Like Flash kind of says, like, "Hey, you know, we could have had a great life together. Yeah. I think you're amazing." Like the professor, love. How long have they known each other? Oh, like at this point, maybe. I mean, movie time. It's a half hour. We're in here, or so in in like their world, maybe it's a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is moving along pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. But like you said, there is. That connection right away, that puppy love. That's it. Yeah. So, and, and and also, like, in some weird fashion, oh, not weird fashion, but Ming also covets Dale. Ming wants Dale. The witch wants Totem. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, at some point she even kind of captures Toto. So well, she, is... she takes off with it, especially when they're back in Kansas. Yes. Like, she's claimed that dog because uh, she fears it. Yeah. And so it's the pursuit of Toto that's kind of the catalyst, again, for the whole right. movie. Yeah. Because Dale's going to be um, uh, a sexy concubine for Ming. Yep. Uh, and so Flash is meant to be executed. So from the torture dungeon. That's right. So then basically they set up the execution. Yeah. And you sort of made this point, like, how many people get executed on Mongo? Probably, like, hourly. <laughs> By the minute? Yeah. I mean, there's like a whole like dungeon full of people that are about to be killed up to and including like one of the Mystery Machine gang, mm -hmm. uh, like our boy Scooby or yeah. our uh, Shaggy. <laughs> so, you, you know, for sure, like people are dying all the time, but there's this big process to getting them out there. Exactly. Yeah. To make this happen. Like there's, you know, people have to like, uh, you know, drop veils and, and, and you know, oh. do all sorts of... Oh, oh cut Kaleidos. Kaleidos has got Reaping like on those panties. He's got like this one sort of like little mask that he keeps like sniffing onto and holding onto. That's yes. the Aura's panties. It is. It's for sure. Essentially. Yeah. You know, because he's just like these tubes use my life. Yeah. Is it his one? <laughs> oh man. Steals he, in the flavor. He is a horn dog. Yeah. All right. So well, Flash is meant to go and get executed. That's right. He comes out in his duct cape. Yeah. <laughs> Hot pants. These things look like they're so uncomfortable. Yeah. Fits down, goes into the death chamber. Yeah. Uh, gets filled with Kaleidos' farts. Yeah. So that smell comes in there. Go ahead. So, yep. do you remember when Dorothy is on her way to the Emerald City and she has to go through the poppy field? The poppy field. Yes. It's happening. It's happening. Oh my God, that's right. Yes. Okay, so then... It's a false death. Correct. That's the same. Yes. You're the same, you and me. <laughs> 
holy shit. Yeah. Fuck. All right. So, so yeah. Okay. So same thing. So the yeah. uh, false death yeah. comes back to life yeah. and basically is awoken by the doctor who has this uh, affair with Aura. Yeah. Uh, gets rejected. She gives him a kiss, gives yeah. the doctor a kiss. He takes off. Yep. She promises to meet up with him and fulfill his wishes. That's right. Then Flash wakes up after yep. being kissed by Aura and she yep. uses his kiss to say, I'm going to be able to fulfill your wishes. Yeah. It's also a false narrative like the wizard was doing to say that I can grant you what you want, right. but you have to do something for me. Yep. And she's always got conditions onto what she wants to do. That's right. That's right. I love the scene. It's really quick, but like um, she's given Flash some clothing kind of thing for him to change into. She's like, don't worry, I won't look. You know, but she she ends up kind of looking at him in the reflection, but he catches her and there's such a great shot of him. Like, as he's, he's starting to eat down his, his duct tape underwear, he kind of gives her a look. And she's like, look. I like you very much. Yeah. It's <laughs> really funny. It's super weird. It's a lovely scene. Yeah. I have to say, too, like, like when Timothy Dalton, when you find the relationship between Aura and Timothy Dalton, the first time they yeah. kind of connect, yeah. I think the first thing he says to her is, you, you lying it's my it's my favorite line in the film actually because he does it so well he knows better he knows he shouldn't be trusting her but he just like still completely under her power god it's brilliant okay it is pretty fun so they escape yep yeah Yep, they basically try to get out. They get a costume for Flash so that he can yeah. hypothetically look like someone who's there, but he's still got his striking blonde hair and his like and chiseled chin. And it's fucking lightning bolts. Of on. course it does. Basically, At least the undershirt does. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like different toy options for what they were going to put out. It is. And so this is like yeah. Flash in a guard uniform. Yeah. Flash in Flash uniform. Like it's but Flash in his duct tape underwear. No kidding. <laughs> Little lightning bolt just on the front, right across the weenus. Yeah, I know for sure. He slashed everyone. Anyway. All right. So he's trying to get out of here, but they do pass by Sarkov. Yeah. And he is basically being goldfingered on like a tray or on like a little mat uh, with a laser pointing right at him. Yeah. And so they're going to drain the scarecrow of his brain. That's right. So this is finally where Sarkov would hypothetically get back to that sort of scarecrow naivete of simplicity. Yeah. Um, And so basically this is where we also meet General Kala. Yeah. Who looks a lot like Evelyn. Oh, so much Evelyn. But uh, yeah. I would argue that she's also part of that Wicked Witch yeah. persona. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, she she's, um, you know, Kaleidos is is the voice. She's the action because she's the one that drains him not to level four or three. Oh. But to level six. Oh, well, this is very like level Princess six. Bride again. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of come back to like... You know, <laughs> Yeah, she's Prince Humperdinck. Yeah. <laughs> she Humperdinks the shit out of him. Yeah. Yes. Uh, For sure. So she drains him up, but yep. we get to see his memories meant to go backwards, okay? Right. Meant to be in reverse, okay? Yes. So we see his life. We see that tickle fight with Munson <laughs> right. and stuff. And his life is draining backwards, backwards, backwards. One of the sequences is he's at a pool party. With his fiance, with his wife or fiance, whatever, yeah, and um, and and they're like playing around, like, haha, let's throw her in the pool, and she dies. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. But that's also played out in proper order, not reverse order. Well, yes, because I mean, you still have to understand, like, kind of what had happened. Well, I know it's like, just funny that everything's in reverse except that. No, no, no. Actually, the tickle fight with uh, Munson actually happens in in forward order too. It's like they cut in a moment, it play it forward a little bit, then jumps back. Okay. But it was just odd that it's like you see you don't see like the death and and, and then all of a sudden where what the cause was instead it flipped. Well, I just I don't know what the point of putting it in there was. Like, is he he's crazy? We get yeah. it. He's kind of a broken human. Yeah. But is this why? 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is why he wants to have his mind drained or maybe, maybe. why he doesn't want to remember. Like, yeah. The, you know, maybe it, part of him being the scarecrow isn't necessarily his lackey is an intelligence, yeah. but maybe it's an emotional intelligence that he's missing. Yeah. And this is why he's forcing people into like these weird scenarios. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. Okay. So big also, train. There's a fuck ton of tigers. Yeah. I don't know what this happens, but there's like monkeys that pop in and tigers that pop in. Like, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, drain, drain, drain. It turns out he's also this is, and this is kind of a funny slash weird thing is that they also deal with Nazi Germany. Like apparently his family fled occupied Germany. Correct. Kind of thing, which is funny because one of the other role that he is best known for is Fiddler on the Roof. Correct. Is Tevye. Yes. Kind of thing, and and the fact that um, they're dealing with, I think it's. I can't remember exactly the timeline of Fiddler on the Roof, but there is like an occupation. It might be Russian occupation at that it's point. It's Russian occupation. Yeah, kind of thing. But again, it's just, it's very interesting. Oh, don't kid yourself. I mean, they're leaning into Nazi symbols and World War II symbols quite a bit. And I feel like that's kind of the original Flash Gordon anyway, is this, yeah. like Ming the Merciless? Yeah. Like this is a Chinese conqueror who is like, you know, sort of this overlord type. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of Nazi uniforms and stuff. Oh, and yeah. even Kaleidos has that one kind of line when Hitler flashes on, there's like, yeah. this one showed promise. Like, like that guy, he's <laughs> He's got some jib. For sure. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Hitler's lackeys used to call him Clytus because of his puckered asshole. Is it oh. flamed ass? No. <laughs> no. It's not. Anyway. Uh, okay. So Zarkov is drained. Yep. Um, and they, they recondition him to make him a loyal suit. And Evelyn doesn't listen to Kalidas. So no. this is interesting. Like, even though there, I would say that there's sort of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. She does have sort of her own, you know... Um, She's got her own objectives and her own yeah. things that she wants to do. She's not completely subservient. Yeah. And I'm wondering if some of that is, um, we do learn that Kalidas has a thing for Aura. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe this is like how the Wicked Witch fears uh, maybe like uh, the wizard yes. and what that influence is. Yeah. Wants to own it or possess it or find out what that magic is. I don't know. Well, and the witches also want, um, the witches have something that Dorothy eventually takes from them that helps her get home right. eventually right and that the wicked witch of the west covets correct so there we have i'm not quite sure what the ruby slippers are no yeah not yet but okay. maybe we'll come to that it might actually be like just flashes natural charisma well like you know the fact that he unites people there it is and you know why i would say that that's true is because when ming instead of killing him on the hawkman planet mm -hmm. he offers them the kingdom of earth yeah. So what he wants is his heroism. He wants to harness that. The ruby slippers is is Flash's leadership. Yeah. For sure it is. Yeah. It's his nobility. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So Flash wakes up. He's or not wakes up, but he's on the ship. Yeah. Aura uh, has taken him on a spaceship, and he's and she's teaching him how to fly. Yeah. Uh, also, cut to the scene where Dale now has been captured by Ming, and she is basically all sexed up on a sex bed with yeah. a bunch of sex slaves who are the the uh, 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 flying monkeys. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, always kind of laughing and pruning around her. and That's like, it, you know, keeping her, you know, uh, kind of from escaping and things. And one of the ways they ply her is with this special drink. This which doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a name. But well, and you made the great point, like, which is? Yeah, well, well, how do you know you're looking for it? Like, how do you ask for it? <laughs> that stuff, like the thing? Yeah. You're like, could you be more specific? Can no. That, yeah, the sex juice no. or something. Basically. So it is apparently this super potent elixir, right? right? And it is, it is something to, uh, maybe not... It's basically roofy. Um, yeah. But like an absinthe roofy. It's absinthe roofy juice. Yeah. So um, Dale takes a little sip of this. Uh, kind of she's like, whoa, that's powerful. I think the next scene, Dale's like fucking drained it. She's <laughs> out <laughs> cold, like sleeping away, and Flash tries to communicate with her. Yeah. Telepathically. That's right. So Aura has uh, 
sort of taught Flash that in this world yeah. that they can do telepathic communication. So she yeah. is calling Baron to yeah. let him know that they're, that she's coming. Yeah. And Flash wants to use that same technology to be able to contact okay. him. Yeah. So she allows him to do it, but only after he threatens to crash the plane. Yes. Um, so anyway, he gets a hold of her and he's having a little chat. Yeah. He is. He's, he's, he's connected again to Toto, uh, wanting to, like, uh, you know, see if that she's okay, trying to see what her situation is. Dale is communicating back, uh, trying to give him information, help him out, but he's a little distracted. Well, yeah, because Aura is, like, basically trying to make out with him, and, and he actually says something to her. He's like, yeah. Um, yeah. and he's kind of giving Dale advice. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Girls know how to fake men out. He's like, it's yeah. been done to me. It's been done to me. <laughs> As he's getting dry humped. Yeah, basically by Aura. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, really funny. Yeah, and she's like, okay, I'm going to hang up now. Like, yeah. basically, they're still kind of in, like, telephone communication motifs. Yeah, that's uh, funny. As they're talking. But anyway, so... No, I got a call waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I'm going to do, like, um, like... Conference uh, call. Conference call, yeah, maybe, for sure. Okay, so we... Um, Aura lands on, <laughs> gets to Abora. Right. And we also see that different planets, Phrygia and things like that, they're all like floating islands. In yeah. Place. Yeah, they're kind of, uh, I guess, all sort of hover above like the main sort of part of Mara, yeah. which is where Ming lives. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these like satellite islands, basically. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Dale comes up with the idea of trying to uh, get this slave girl who keeps bringing the absinthe, yeah. uh, get her drunk. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, this is the premium stuff. You got to have this some. Good shit. <laughs> So Slave Girl's like, I'm in. Uh, and basically, same thing. She like drains that whole bottle of Abbey, yeah. falls asleep. Pulls Dale, a switcheroo. Yeah, changes costumes. And then Dale like puts a pillow over her head. Like, I wonder if she like, is trying to smother her? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she she manages to somewhat escape. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Flash, uh, they land on Aborea and it's this tree plant. It's fucking Ewok Village. Basically, it's Ewok Ewok village. village. Yeah. Also, too, oh, Sarkov has finished being yeah. converted. Yeah. So Sarkov now they were like uh, kind of going through his conditioning, yeah. and he's like, uh, "I am an agent." Uh, yeah. Ming. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just look like a little moment. There's a little look at like fucking Kaleidos. Do I love? Do I? <laughs> Just like Sarkov. Yeah. I'm never Sarkov. It's so good. It's pretty funny. So so um. Flash and Aura are try are traversing through the forest at yep. the same time. Dale is going through, um, through Ming's palace. Yep. She manages to um, bamboozle one of the pig guards yep. and fucking just beans him. Takes his weapon and does this crazy one-handed cartwheel flip to go and shoot at these other pig guards. Totally. And um, so she's she's shooting them. As a travel agent, you learn those skills. It's, it's a crucial part of like being able to book. Oh yeah, what I love is that, and it's a full like Jurassic World moment, is when she's, um, you know, she's, she's kind of uh, bare feet, like getting around and, and you know, uh, super uh, agile and, and manages to find a ramp to escape. But before she does her final escape, yep. she puts her heels back on. <laughs> Well, you're gonna do it in style, right? Oh my god! And they do. They see her. They track her, and so they're like, "Activate Agent Zarkov." Yeah. Right? And so he basically gets clearance to come and find her, and he actually yeah. runs into her. Yes. In the hallway, and he's like, "Super suspicious." I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, come, Dale. <laughs> Don't worry, friend. Yeah. Uh, and so they get clearance to leave the planet. They're gonna go track down because um, they were able to identify that. Um, Flash is gone. Yes. And that they went to the Arborea. Yeah. They went to the planet. Can we take a moment and just yeah. pat ourselves on the back for actually making sense of this story so far? 
It is not easy. It, it is, is like a easy. fucking jumble. <laughs> it is a mess. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so they, they take off. Yeah. Right? You betcha. In the meanwhile, yeah. um, uh, Moon comes yeah. through and he wants to get his humps on now. That's right. So he's about to go and uh, check out Dale. Yep. And he thinks that he's going to get his action. One thing I noticed about Ming, which is really interesting, is he's always working his hands. He is yes. a masturbator. He like, is. He is always like kind of either flexing his hands or crunching his hands or he's making these little fists. The good spot, there's a reason. And I know the reason. Why is it? This is so funny. So uh, at one point, Max Vancito, before he made his big entrance, went over to Brian Blessed and said like, I don't know how to play this character. I don't know what to do. And Brian's like, you're, you're a professional. You should You know? And so he's like, do something like what? What? Ming is 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 always clutching. Ming is always grasping for things. How do you personify that? So Max is like, oh yes, I'll do that then. So that's why. Okay, it's so from advice is... from Brian Blessed. That's so funny. Yeah, because he's always grasping more, and he's like, that's his thing. Weird, isn't that wild? Totally. Uh, so yeah, so he takes off his sex belt and he's ready to get it on with Dale, but it turns out to be Slave Girl. Right. And, and so he's pissed off. Yeah. And so as it, as it happens, Kalidus comes in and yeah. is like, hey, look, you know, we've tracked down where uh, Flash is. Yeah. And there's a traitor. Yeah. No matter what, should we punish this traitor for facilitating? Yeah. Not really saying who the person is, that's but right. really kind of alluding to it. Yeah. And Ming's like, no matter what, yeah. revenge. Yeah. And that's when Kalidus reaches for the sex rack. That's right. <laughs> he's yeah. Yeah. like, yeah. yes. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, cut back to Ewok Village. Yeah. And um, so uh, Flash and Aura are have have managed to find a council, like some kind of initiation happening. Yeah. This, so yeah. even as a kid, this always like really scared yeah, the hell out of me. Like I I don't reach into stumps anymore for no. a reason. It's this and fire and ice. Yeah. Because every time you reach into a stump, some some fucking scorpion bites you. Eats you. So yeah, she's watching this, and uh, they're they're all watching. And what's happening is you see uh, Prince Baron. <laughs> Prince Baron. Those Prince Baron. Terrible name. Yeah. Prince Baron Duke? Prince Baron Duke. Yeah. Uh, the third is, um, he's kind of, uh, he's he's uh, overseeing what's happening and all his forest men. With his merry men. With his yeah. merry men. Yeah. And one of them is Richard O'Brien. That's right. Yeah, which is awesome. Oh, it's such a funny little cameo. Oh, yeah. So they're all like, all his merry men are watching and- uh, well, There's a jump to the left. Yeah. <laughs> and then a step to the right. And then yeah. a dab to the right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so um, uh, Will Scarlet is trying to become a man. Right. So uh, um, Friar Tuck is overseeing this. Yes. <laughs> for sure. And he's got his... Just grabs a chicken leg and throws it over his shoulder. Like, oh, my God. Rocket Robin Hood, man. This is just the rip-offery of this whole show. It's ridiculous. So so a young man has to stick his hand into Stump. Yep. Uh, and there's like a pulsating forest scorpion in there. Right. And he, he, he does it. And he's like, I've become a man. But then it stings him on the way out. Yep. And he's got uh, a little booger on him. Well, yeah, it's like a big thing of like liquid ivory soap or liquid like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Johnson yeah. Johnson. For sure. It's like, <laughs> lotion. He's like, That's we're in the forest. How do you have him dry skin? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, he's, he, but, but apparently the sting drives you crazy. Right. It could be hours, days, years, or centuries, <laughs> but it'll drive you crazy. So, I have time? I'm okay. Looks <laughs> <laughs> better stand. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, oh, he's Prince, fucked. Yeah. He's down now. <laughs> well, Prince Perrin Duke the Third right. stabs Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet yeah. and puts him down. Right. And so basically, Richard Aura, O'Brien is Little John. He is Little John. Oh, there it is. Nice. Okay. Anyway. okay. 
So uh, Aura comes in. She basically says, I'm dropping, I have a gift for you. Yeah. And Baron is actually pretty happy to see Aura initially. Yeah. Because he thinks she's finally fulfilled a promise. She's like, yes. I've done what I asked you to do. Yeah. And maybe so, you could find emotion. Maybe you could find love. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, drops off another sex toy for him to like babysit effectively while yeah. she fucks off and kind of like pretends that nothing's happened or doesn't notice that uh, Flash has escaped. That's right. Uh, but he doesn't like this at all. And no. this is kind of his cold heartlessness yeah. that he basically does not like this idea and yeah. puts Flash in a cage. Yeah. And sinks him in with some lizard men. <laughs> hawk guy. Yeah, and, and a hawk guy. That's right. <laughs> lizard men are just like, <laughs> like, come on, man. I have no means to communicate. No one ever talks to the lizard men. It's like they're not there. Errors. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they, yeah. are, they are. Because um, you see in the swamp cage, you know, Flash is trying to help this hawk man. Yeah, and they so, suddenly have a bond too. Like, yes. like Flash's leadership's incredible. It At is. At any point, people just gravitate to this guy. It's no wonder Ming wants to capture yeah. this, this aspect of him. Absolutely. This is the ruby slippers, for sure. For sure, yeah. Um, so he's he's doing whatever he can. And the whole point here is that um, you know, Prince Baron Duke Third is... Wanting, he, he promised not to not to harm Flash, but if Flash by his own volition gets killed, well, that's on don't. him. That's right. So I'm just gonna start swinging my arms. Hey, that's on you. Basically, because he orchestrates, and and Richard O'Brien is there playing his skin flute. No, well, it's a snake flute, which is interesting because maybe that's why the snake men are there. He is drawing them in using the flute. It's oh, what it's what he tries my person. Basically, yeah. The only people who can hear it are the snake people. That's why this is like. Around, like and you hear that sweet tune? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so so Richard O'Brien says, why not I go in and I'll orchestrate an escape? Right. And and then that'll be an opportunity to get rid of this rival. Right. So um, Richard O'Brien gets dumped in the cage. And again, Flash is, he's helping this Hawkman, encouraging him like, I'm going to keep you alive. You know, because <laughs> the lizard manager like, <laughs> okay. Standing on the lizard man's head just to kind of keep them up. Like, <laughs> so good. Uh, also, he's got like 40 pounds of wings on. Oh, no shit. Anyway, so um, Richard O'Brien gets stuffed into the cage. And they do, there is no subterfuge here, right? It is just like, oh, get in there, um, traitor. And Richard's like, okay, I will. And he gets in there. And then immediately he's like, I've got a key. Flash, no, no, no kind of suspicion whatsoever. That's convenient. Yeah. Oh, he's doing this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's like a childlike wonder. He has no, like, guile. Yeah. He's 100% susceptible to all influences. So then there's a massive scene of them, like, just using their arms to climb up vines. And the Hawkman's like, throw me a rope. Can you help me out? And he's like, no. They've opened the cage. Yeah. It should be wide open. But poor Hawkman's, like, sitting there with the lizards. We're looking at him like, it's wing night. They've got those big, like, fucking chicken wings sitting on the back that the lizards are about to mow down on. That's it. He's pro So Flash promises to come back and help that uh, Hawkman. Correct. He does not. No, he does not. So uh, Richard O'Brien leads him apparently to get out but leads him to uh the temple. The, the temple the initiation the stump yep the snake stump or the scorpion stump correct one thing we've missed though is that almost immediately aura is caught like oh, it flashes back to her being tortured like oh, yeah. in seconds it's just she's being whipped away yeah and uh you know uh they're giving her all of the worst like tortures and stuff and she, yeah. she's actually holding yeah. It's interesting because Aura seems so um self-interested and so yeah. self-centered that she would not be willing to sacrifice herself for anyone. Yeah. And this you start to get that sense that she's actually putting herself out there a little bit more. She does. Yes. Something something about because the wizard gives Dor or, or or rather Dorothy gives the wizard hope as well. Right. 
So that makes sense that she's like, oh, there's there's a possibility for change. Well, they've also talked about a couple things. The yeah. first one was tears. So you see yeah. Dale, the puppy, uh, crying yeah. uh, when she thinks that something's happening to Flash. And she's like, what is that? And that's tears. It's a yeah. sign of their weakness. That's kind of something that Mink says. Yeah. The second thing is they talk about, <laughs> and this is Flash talking. And he's like, yeah, why don't we team up? And she's oh, like, yeah. what does team up mean? And he's like, wait till Bear and I get a chance to show you. <laughs> So for sure, like see, but she is, she's learning lessons. She's changing a little bit. And, and yeah, uh, you know, yeah. this is something that Dorothy is offering to the wizard. That's right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, she's getting tortured. She's getting whipped. It's very kind of erotic. It's a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. in the meanwhile, who's watching the whole thing? Is Ming. Ming is watching his daughter get tortured. Yeah. And in fact, she's being so resistant that they're bringing out what is apparently the worst torture of all, which are the boar worms. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I think it's just like colitis's penis. <laughs> I'm just gonna lay yeah. it on her back and like yeah. roll it around. Like, I'm so bored of this. Like, <laughs> what, what makes a boar worm? Like, I, I, we never get to see. No, that was a deleted scene. Then I love that Ming's eating like fucking after eights or something. For sure, it's like eyeballs or something from the, like the lizard people. Like, <laughs> they're people eyeballs. It could be, but anyway. So yeah, uh, back on Oboria. Yeah, uh, you've got Richard O'Brien has led. Flash to the temple, but but immediately Dalton and Fry Tuck and the Merry Men. One eighty's on him. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out that by going in there as not being one of their people, this is a it's a sacrilege. It is a challenge. Yes. Yeah. And so now he has to actually put his hand and do the same thing that happened to Will Scarlet. Yeah. So he um they have this contest and flashes. Flash is also at this point like covered in grime and things like sweat. Oh, not oh, not yet. Not oh well, a little bit. A little bit, okay. A little bit, because he was in the swamp. Right, but yeah. then there's a later scene where he gets like super coated in swamp oh, and he escapes. Yeah, so he's he's there, uh, and Dalton challenges him, and they both take turns putting their hands in. Dalton does it twice. He forces Flash to do it three times. Right, changes the rules in the middle. Yeah, and Flash on the third time rips his hand out and goes, ah, "I've been stung. How long do I have?" You know, ah, it could be you know again like weeks, <laughs> day, uh, you know, a century, uh, or it could be to the end of this movie. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like. Uh, <laughs> offers to end it for him, right? Is <laughs> I he's so Dalton goes for his sword, and Flash at that moment makes his move and goes, "Fooled you, Baron!" <laughs> Just announces it right out. I think you would have figured it out by the fact that you're not bleeding or have like that big thing of like I don't know conditioner on your wrist. <laughs> like you're probably okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he grabs a sword from him. Yeah. And then forces him down and says, "Ha! Don't move or I'll kill him." Yeah. And then decides to run off back into the swamp, but throws the sword away. Sword. Here you go. a weapon into like fucking jungle of death, but no, like let's go brace it. So what happens to Flash? Oh, so Flash, uh, he he manages to scale down the vines. He's, yep. he's cooking along the forest floor, but he ends up in some quicksand. Right. Yeah. So he's in quicksand, and the rest are following him. And it, it's a big tense scene as he finally frees himself from his quicksand. Correct. And gets onto some dry land, but it turns out to be a big... Inflatable bladder. <laughs> with claws. Yeah. Claws. Bladder claws. Bladder claws. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he just gets sucked into this thing, and then Baron... Yeah, actually rescues him. He rescues him. He shoots bladder monster and yep. brays flash full of bladder monster. Oh, I know it's pea soup, man. It's it like is. a thick, gooey like. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's coated. But unfortunately, something else happens. Yeah. So um, he's about to kill Flash, but at the same time, uh, the Hawkmen just appear out of nowhere and shoot 
Prince Baron Dukes, the Thirds, uh, Blaster. What we didn't cover was yeah. Dale and Sarkoff are in their space scooter, uh, trying to fly away, which is basically like a treadmill with uh, with space capabilities that That's they're flying it. on. And so it turns out that Sarkoff didn't actually get drained. Yeah. He used like the memories of things that were pleasant to him to kind of keep his brain together. That's right. And so anyway, as they're flying along, the Hawkmen come, they capture them. The theory is that if they turn them over to Ming, then they will kind of delay any suspicion that they're trying to overthrow Ming. Yeah. So anyway, they yeah. captured them. They bring them down to uh, uh, basically to pick the roost. Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's such a. Yeah. So got Brian Blessed doing exactly what he does best. He's surrounded by ladies. He's like screaming and, oh, and feasting and just he is like Dionysus. Basically, basically, it's oh yeah, he's um, hedonism bot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> so uh, Zarkov and. and um, uh, what's a Dale show up yep. and he, he, he gooses Dale, uh, kind of thing. And he's, he's doing, uh, uh, whatever he does. And at that time, then the Hawkman, the other Hawkman arrive with Flash and Prince Baron Duke the third. Correct. Yeah. And so now, uh, basically they're trying to figure out what to do here. So, um, you know, Voltan, hmm. Brian Blessed, uh, has no interest in wanting to rock the boat. He wants to have a stage his own coup, but he wants to do it on his own time. Yeah. And so he sees an opportunity now to get rid of one of his rivals, who is yeah. Baron. Yeah. And so he and he sets up a fight between Baron and Flash. Yeah. And they actually go onto this like tilty disc with spikes and whoops. Oh. And he's like got a remote control and he's kind of fucking with them the whole time. So I mean, give us a little bit of backstory on what was happening from the documentary perspective. So apparently they were like, oh, we got to make this really cool kind of Tilty World mm -hmm. scene. So they built this platform about 30 feet in the air. And um, they were like, let's make it dangerous. Let's have spikes. So they had these bike pump pneumatic spikes that would erupt up. And it was up to Dalton and Sam Jones to choreograph this fight to make sure they don't die. Holy shit. And somehow they survived this fight because it's wicked deadly. They trained for like... Um, you know, seven days on bull whips and stuff like that. And it was an insanely dangerous thing that happened here. And, and But they survived. Yes, they do. Yeah. Interestingly, too, and you pointed this out, when Flash is on the swamp planet, he's covered in that soupy shit. Yeah. But he walks out into this one, he's been pressed and dry cleaned. Like, they obviously had to stop on space laundry on the way through just to get, you know, space tidy. Well, yeah, they're such generous hosts. Uh, kidnappers, these Hawkmen. That's it. Uh, so the fight ensues, and um, eventually, um, and there's lots of backstory stuff. I won't go into all of it, but... But the really important part yeah. is, basically, Baron loses, and he's about to fall off. Yeah. And Flash uses his whip, yeah. lashes it onto one of the spikes or onto the side of the thing, and reaches down and saves Baron's life. Yes. And it's at that moment that Baron gets his heart correct. Yes. So now that he has this massive change of heart yeah he is able to uh see the good in what flash is trying to do and that knowing that there's a mobility or nobility yeah. and potentially a chance to overthrow me that's right so they come to brian blast to make a proposition and he basically 100 agrees to not, not do it, it. <laughs> he's cowardly look at it he's yeah. brave sir robin he's fuggering yeah. off chickening out he's he's the fuck <laughs> So basically, the Hawkmen leave their like sexy city yeah. to go and uh, like bugger off. Yeah, and it's especially because uh, what's his nuts also shows up. So, oh yeah, so, so Kaleidos, Kaleidos, I love this. Is Kaleidos shows up at his ship, and uh, the ship docks, and he gets off, and then his ship just fucks right off. <laughs> it's like we're out of here. <laughs> uh, come, come back. <laughs> So yeah, basically what he thinks he's going to do is take all these guys back. He's talking to Sarkov. He's like, yeah. you're going to die yeah. like for betrayal. Yeah. And so liquidated. Liquidated, excuse me. 
And so they're trying to get everyone kind of recaptured and brought back, like now that Flash is there. Yeah. But instead, Flash like basically chucks him onto like the thing of spikes. Yeah. And this is kind of the first witch death. Yes. So when you think about when the Wicked Witch of the East dies, yes. she is crushed. That's right. And basically all you see is sort of a dismembered, kind of flattened, flattened. piece yeah. of it. Yeah. And the same thing happens to Colitis. That's right. He is absolutely crushed in this. He's so that's oozing out of his mouth. <laughs> oh man, like this fucked me up. And again, we sort of talk about this because at the end, there's a theory that yeah. it may be Colitis. And I'm like, yeah. how the fuck is that possible? Wow. Because he goos out of the fucking mask he's in. Sausage case. It was just, he's a sausage casing. They stuff him back in and he comes back. Yeah. We don't actually know what Kalaitis is. Like, we don't know that no. he's a uh, humanoid or if he's like some sort of robot. I mean, he's all hidden by a mask. an asshole. He may, he may basically be a sphincter. That just, excuse me. Yeah. May I ask you a question? He is basically a pet detective, yeah. anus Richard Nixon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, okay, so they're trying to mount now a um, a rebellion. Crystal. So Baron's on board, but yeah. Brian Blessed is not. No, no. And so basically, um, they are trying to go away. Um, let's see. Hold on here. Yeah, I know. Okay, uh, things get a little fuzzy here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but basically, uh, they they have. Um, I think they've got. Uh, 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 no, no. Kaleidos uh, uh, ship. Yeah, so basically what, what happens is yeah. they recognize the Flash is still on the planet yeah. or, or on the area. Brian Bless has taken off. They fly there. And this is weird because Sarkov actually flags them and yeah. says, hey, come get me. Yeah. And so they do. They actually fly there. And they're like, okay, we'll pick up all these guys, but leave Flash. And they're like, oh, should we blow him up? And he's like, no, not yet. Yeah. So anyway, Sarkov is captured. Yeah. They take off. Yeah. Um, and then Ming actually comes down himself. Yeah. And he speaks to Flash. Yeah. And when he's there, this is where he's like, I'm going to make you an offer. Yes. I'm going to make you an offer that you can become a king. And he's like, you're a hero. And he, he actually acknowledges all of the things that he is not. Yes. This is, again, you, I think you nailed this. This is the ruby slippers. Yeah. So he offers them this thing. He's like, look, you can save the earth. Yeah. Uh, because they're all going to be pliable now. After all these natural disasters, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. He's like, you're gonna, basically, you're making them into slaves. And he's like, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, nah, nope. not having any of it. That's it. Nope. Flash holds out. Yeah. Because he still has hope. That's right. So they uh, they leave Flash on... Is, is it the Hawkman planet? It's on the Hawkman planet. Yeah, and it's being destroyed. Yeah, so basically yeah. what they do is they blast lasers at it. Yeah. He goes knocked around a little bit. He kind of yeah. falls. He falls into the thing, hits the garbage chute, goes into the trash compactor, gets on the next space elliptical. Uh, you know, he's on the treadmill, flares off on that rocket thing, yeah. and then takes off, and he managed to escape just before the Hawk planet is destroyed. That's right. So he makes his escape, and... Somehow, don't ask me how, he manages to tune into Brian Blessed's radio contact. Like, he's got the frequency. I'm like, a breaker. Oh, well, that's his big daddy. That's right. He does, and convinces uh, Brian Blessed to actually find courage. In the meanwhile, they've all fucked off to Arborea. That's right. So anyway, they send out a signal, and then they come up with a plan. Yeah. So uh, having seen the nobility and the fact that Flash has survived, Brian Blessed actually gets his... Courage. Correct. Yeah. So now he thinks I can. We can actually do this. Yeah. So they set up this whole elaborate plan where they are going to lure the Ajax, which is the space mosquito, yeah. uh, into a cloud. Yeah. So what happens is Flash starts to fly towards Ming's palace. Yeah. And they decide to launch Ajax. And what gets shot at Flash? Yellow lasers. It's like yellow brick. Road. Oh, but that's yeah. not the last time we're going to see the yellow brick road because he tries to follow it but can't. He's detoured. 
yeah. much like it happens in Oz. Right. So he gets detoured out, has to go a different way, flies into the clouds yeah. where there's all of the Hawkmen waiting. Yeah. And so Ajax, the ship, flies in. It's the slowest ship on Earth. The guy who's the captain is the same guy who was the manager from falling down at the burger place. Yeah, the Randy well, Burger. Too bad. Same gap, same gap in his teeth. It's just like, if you want an incompetent person to run something, seriously, that's the He's super close symbol. Yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> Three strong. Yeah. Her, her baby came out sideways. <laughs> She's screaming. No kidding. So they go in. Uh, and so the basically what the Ajax is going to do is lightning charge the clouds yes. that Flash is hiding in. Yeah. And that will make him unconscious and then they'll fall. Yeah. This actually had a huge potential to actually work. Yeah. Because they're in a cloud. They can't really see what's there. Voltan and all the Hawkmen are holding basically lightning rods in their hands. <laughs> their wings are metal. Exactly charged correctly. Some, somehow, though, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No. So they make a, a, a run on the palace. Yep. Uh, and Hawkmen are being blasted here and there. That's right. So they take yeah. over the Ajax ship. Yep. They basically board it. There's a big fight. Everyone gets in. Uh, they manage to take over the ship. Gaptooth gets killed, uh, and then Flash takes over controls. And they're like, let's go fly now towards uh, Ming. Yeah, and, and Ming is at a, a control panel. He's controlling one of the lasers, I think. No, no, no. Oh, no. Ming, Ming is getting ready for his marriage. Oh, that's right. So he's getting all of his stuff done. Yeah. Uh, General Kala is basically taking care of security. Yeah. And uh, they sort of establish, like, hey, the Ajax is coming towards the the palace. Like, what should we do? And they're like, well, we want to make it so that it doesn't seem like we're actually in trouble. So fire all your guns and set up the lasers. Like yes. a laser shield. What color is the laser shield? Uh, laser shield is yellow. Yes. And what is being shot out? Almost like a road of lasers. Ah, the gold lasers. Gold lasers. It's <laughs> yellow road. Anyway, so now Dorothy can finally follow the yellow brick road. That's right. And so barreling towards, uh, they recognize that uh, that laser intensity has now damaged the ship in such a way that they'll never get there unless it's piloted yes but if they hit the shield that's been electrified that thing is going to go up like a candle yes so flash actually makes a very noble sacrifice he yes. decides to stay and in pilot the ship, ship. Yeah. yeah he does he's and he's yeah he is being bolstered by his awesome theme music totally kind of thing. also i was like just thinking about this because all the hawkmen are dying right like yeah. they're getting killed is like a they're trying to take the ship and, they're <laughs> flying it. Yeah. and i was just thinking because before you were like yeah i think the lizard men love the chicken wings yeah because they're eating all the hawkmen stuff so all the lizard men in the ground are probably just watching all these fried wings. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. The cleanup crew. It's happening. Um, okay, so um, what's happening in the palace at this time? Okay, so the, the wedding is getting set up. Yeah. Uh, they start uh, doing Here Comes the Bride. It's Brian May on guitar. So they like, <laughs> piped him in, like space Brian May, to be able to play music for this wedding. Uh, they're coming down, and then um, so then there's that moment where yeah. uh, basically Aura frees Sarkov and Baron. Yes. So she comes in, and then there's that that moment of redemption, which yes. is such a fucking throwaway. But it's right. like I've changed, I've changed. Yeah. We're better now. And then Sarkov's like, yeah. I know that the code to this would be the binary something. I haven't changed. That's like science? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So anyway, every all all is right in the world. Yeah. yeah. So um, everyone is like. Uh, yeah, so uh, Brian May's performing a song. Yep. Uh, Ming's doing his finger action. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 yeah. he's going to get what's... Uh, it's actually giggles is what he's doing. Just <laughs> working it through like beat That's by it. beat. Not bad. Yeah. Um, basically, and the one thing they sort of realize is that you have to get the shield down. So yeah. Baron and Sarkov are like, okay, well, if they go through the shield, Flash is definitely going to die. So they try to come up with a strategy to do it. Yeah. And um, uh, General Kala yes. tries to stop them. Yeah. And so basically... <laughs> Oh, but this is like the weirdest thing. So yeah. 
uh, Sarkov shoots her yes. in the vagina. Yeah. He shoots her right with a green laser right in the, like... That's for the, one weakness. Basically. <laughs> sure. A but, green laser. Green laser. But yeah. how does she die? So she melts. Correct. Like witch, witch death. Number two. Witch. Yeah. yeah. So now we've kind of come full circle on the witch's death. So this is yeah. why I was saying before, I think that those two kind of represent, you know, kind of both parts of the, yeah. of the Wicked Witch of the East. Exactly. Because of the, the how they represent kind of the deaths of witches. Yeah. One from crushing, one from melting. Yeah. 100%. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the priest is like talking to Ming and trying to get them married as fast as possible. Yeah. You want a full like, marriage, <laughs> which oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of like, you know, uh, would you, uh, promise that she'll be the empress of the hour? Yeah. And like, not like any sort of commitment to her. Oh. Uh, use her as you will and not blast her into space. Like, okay. well, not until uh, tomorrow. It's <laughs> an inside joke, everybody. For sure. Yeah. And, and then, it's not really. One of, the, yeah. one of the things that's happening in the background too is like, yeah. Flash knows exactly to the minute and the second that the earth has left yes. before the whole place is destroyed. That's right. So he's got the clock on there. He's barreling towards, yeah, barreling towards like the yeah. palace. Yeah. And, uh, Basically, when they shut down, finally managed to get rid of the laser shield. Yes. Then they can actually see the Ajax coming straight for Ming. Yeah. But slow as fuck. Yeah. Thing is like the worst plane. Like Ming just checking his watch. Like, is this? Should I be concerned? He could have gotten like a cappuccino or just you know <laughs> waiting. Consummated like, four or five marriages, but that point. <laughs> well, like, all the empresses of the hour he could have had up to this point. Really? But anyway, everyone else in the entire palace manages to scramble. They're gone. Yeah. Ming, like, stages himself directly yeah. in front, like, oh, yes. <laughs> no. Totally. He spins, trying to get away. Correct. Ajax smashes through the palace, jabs its needle right in his back. Yep. Yeah. Out his front. His blood is green. It is green blood. Yes. yes. Because he's got Vulcan ears. So that yes. kind of makes sense. Oh, oh, what? Is this Star Trek? 100%. Let's talk about how this is actually the Enterprise. And he is a Klingon. No, uh, we're not going down this road. So, got the witch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, dies on the, uh, uh, the the needle. Well, not dies on the needle. Pulls himself off. Oh, that's Tries right. to use a little bit of space magic on yeah. Flash. But yeah. Flash is like, your power is fading. Yeah. And eventually, uh, instead of just kind of disappearing altogether, or sorry, instead of just kind of leaving a corpse, yes. the ring kind of shoots an energy, he zaps him away, he disappears, yep. and that is the end of Ming. Yeah. And so then, out comes Probe Droid. Yeah. And now Probe Droid's going to fuck him up. Except he says. Well, um, and so there's a big story behind this. Okay. Is that, uh, so Flash has got a sword, and they're all grouped around, they're all ready for the Probe Droid, and yep. the Probe Droid goes... Hail Flash Gordon. Right. Flash is like, yes, he drops the sword and he jumps at the probe droid going, yeah. Does a chest bump on him? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Sam Jones invented the end of that ending. Oh. They did not know how to end the film. Who is leaving coked up Sam Jones to figure out anything in this film? So they, they were like, how do we end this fucker? I don't know. And Sam's like, I got this. Just roll camera. And that's what he did. And then they freeze framed. But it's become this iconic thing. Like, I get shivers thinking about the end of this. It is kind of cool, actually. You know? But this is like his, his youthful oh. exuberance. Like, yeah. it's not like he's got something profound to say or he's like a big thinker. He's just, just like, yeah, top. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me hanging, bro. <laughs> Reaching up to probe droid just to, gets a stinger in the hand. Like, oh, the needle. That's it. But we, we assume that maybe um, he wakes up. 
back on Earth? Well, kind of, yeah. Well, here's the whole thing. So after that is done, yeah. then there's a little bit of a scene. Baron becomes the official king of Mongo. That's right. Uh, he's going to marry Princess Aura yep. uh, and become whatever. Uh, Voltan takes over the army. He's That's the right. leader of that. And then the, all of the Hawkmen fly out and they, they spell out the words, thanks, Flash. <laughs> So this is old school skywriting yeah. uh, gets done there and then credits. Yeah. I and mean, as the credits are happening, it says the end and there's a bit of a pan up. That's right. On the ring. Yes. And Ming's you see, ring. You see Ming's ring and then there's dust blowing yeah. and then someone reaches for the ring. The ring in a black gloved hand. So your theory is. No, this is, this is, this is not a theory, but this is um, at least what, what the actor that played Clytus said. Oh. Is that he, he goes, um, and I forget his name here. Sorry. It's a, we'll look at him. That's okay. Second. It's no big deal. But, but he basically said like. That was meant to be me. Me reaching for the ring for the sequel. Well, you never see Clytus's body. No. So again, you know, he, he does sausage out and his eyeballs <laughs> pop out and like his tongue sticks out of his golden mask. Yeah. But you don't see the body. Basically no. what happens is uh, they kind of pan back to uh, everyone fucking off because they're worried about Ming coming. And even when Ming's there, you don't see Clytus's body. No. So... So it's meant to be Clytus. And and the thing, a funny thing, again, I don't want to go all this like trivia stuff. Sure. A funny thing is that um, when when Clytus was meant to die on that platform, yep. he wouldn't die. He literally, as the actor, refused to do a death scene. Oh. He was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to die. I'll be like wounded or something, right? And, like, and then Brian Blessed was there and he's like, no, no. Uh, uh, death to sausage. It. it was fucking Clytus. I don't know. Fuck but he's name. got like a long and storied history. Like oh, yeah, here's IMDb. Peter Wingard. Yeah. If you so look, he's, he's, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So um, he says to Peter like, no, no, you're, you're meant to die. Yeah. <laughs> right? And Peter's like, no, no. In the script, I'm meant to come back. I'm, I'm, Clytus is meant to be in part two. So I, I don't die here. And Brian's like, you will fucking die. <laughs> it's like scare him to die <laughs> in that scene. Well, my eyes would have bugged out of my body too if Brian's lesson I would have yelled directly into my face. So maybe that was just a natural reaction and nothing actually happened to him whatsoever. Yeah. Interesting. But, but we get a last time, like, like end card. And what does it say? Uh, the end question mark. And that's it. Roll credits. That's it. Whew. That's a long one. That's a big one. You know what's going to make this feel even better? Yeah. Money, please. Someone set a fire in your car because it took too long and I got bored. <laughs> Money, please. It's the holidays, Chris. It is. You know what? We should be relaxing. Businesses should take some time off and look at mental health. But you know what? There is no rest. Because this is the season where you start to really make up for the shortcomings of the summer and things Correct. like that. This yeah. is when you're busy. So it's the biggest time of the year for uh, for retail businesses, and there's no better time for us to give the gift of that golden touch yeah. of money zone. So That's right. has anyone approached you this week, Tristan, and talk about you know how oh, you could help them? Absolutely, a new business. Uh, I think it's going to do well. It's got a very narrow niche, okay. but I think it's going to do quite, quite well, really, because um, you know what? What is associated with Christmas, with holidays, is food. Feasting, right, of course. like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you tell me, what is the number one Christmas staple? Oh, uh, turkey. No. Oh. No. No. What is it? It's fondue. Fondue. Yeah. Well, you know what's my favorite. Yeah. You love fondue. I and do. so a new shop has opened with fondue. It is the Stabrinth. <laughs> so you know you you i feel like that name could have gone a lot of different directions i, know, I love what you're doing with this please please bring it bring it home you know what 
pull up a chair, find your way there. It is a bit of a journey, oh, let me boy. tell you. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. But You'll be you, gobbling well, as much as you can eat. Sorry. Damn, damn, damn. I'm so sorry. You're going to be like a king, oh. gobbling down all that fondue. That's so make sure in this holiday season, you really honor Christmas tradition by going to Stabrith. I love it. That yeah. sounds awesome. Uh, yourself, have you been uh, approached by anybody? You know, this is one where I had a really hard time with uh, because... Um, so many people approach you. There's A, so many people, but it's also yeah. like morally, I don't feel like I should be supporting these guys. However, it is the Christmas time and yeah. it's, it's the spirit of giving. So, you know, basically it's a very, it's a really specific little shop. Um, and it, it's uh, got a little bit of an Eastern uh, Europe Ooh. flavor to it. Uh, it's called Kremlins. Uh <laughs> Basically, you don't feed Putin after midnight, but unfortunately, he's eating a lot of chrome right now, and uh, we don't get them wet, but you know what? With all the tears from their losses in the battlefield, I feel like Kremlins isn't really the business I'm going to be helping out for this one. So, But Mog, why? Well, <laughs> well, you need to spike a drink, and then basically, because um, well, there was the one Mohawk spiky. Oh, no. uh, I got nothing, but anyway, Kremlins, don't buy a fucking thing from them, because... <laughs> They're awful, what? awful people. <laughs> it's, it's money poorly spent. Yeah, you can't get rid of the ruple right now, so why not? That's it. They did deliver this tea for you. No. <laughs> did you taste it for me? Sure. <laughs> Radium. No, okay. it tastes like brain melt. Oh my gosh. Okay. So as a parent, wow. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. So if if Flash is the child like Dorothy. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will actually say about him as a character is his sense of like endless wonder was yeah. amazing to me. Yeah. If, you, if you could foster that. Like, let's imagine this whole thing is a fever dream. Mm. Of Flash Gordon, yeah. who is a successful football player, yeah. who has every reason to be jaded or to be kind of bought or to be someone who is like, you know, all about the, the money or whatever else. He's not. He's just a fucking great guy yeah. who loves the earth and is prepared to sacrifice anything and inspires the love and loyalty of everyone he touches. Yeah. Like, even the most hardened, heartless folk, he is just like... Awe-inspiring. Ming wants a piece of him. Yeah. Like, that's saying something. Absolutely. So, honestly, I guess if there was one thing I would take away as a parent is like, you know what? Never, ever quash that sense of wonder yeah. and imagination in your kids. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's going to be enough reasons in life to lose uh, lose it over circumstance or, you know, just sort of general heartache. Yeah. And I think it's such an important piece in, uh, especially this time of year at Christmas. Like, yeah. keep your imagination. Keep your belief. Keep your belief. There, yeah. That's mine. I like that. And, and mine's actually to do with Flash as well. Um, mine has to do with the fact that Flash makes allies out of everyone. Mm -hmm. Pretty Where he can, he makes allies. You know, my kids sometimes come against uh, people that uh, are, are, for whatever reason, maybe kind of bullyish or uh, kind of, um, you know, maybe standoffish against them and things like that. Yep. And the impulse is always like, well, if you're going to show me aggression, I'm going to show you aggression. Right. Right. But Flash does not. Instead, Flash finds ways to make people allies. Well, you made this point early. Like, he leads with that handshake. In, yeah. in a completely foreign space, everyone's wearing skull and death masks. Yeah. He's like, huh. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. He wants to reach out and, like, give a big hug. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you are confronted with aggression, think about how can I turn this person into an ally, maybe. What would Flash do? What would Flash He's do? He's Jesus. Oh. Christmas. There it is. Boom. Oh. Is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> Who are the wise men? Oh. Ah. Oh.
There's oh, a Voltan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And Ming could be like uh Judas or no. Oh, no. Who, who is um um maybe later in Jesus's life? It is uh Pontius Pilate. Maybe, but it's the emperor who kills him. It's like uh, the Roman emperor or Roman um fuck. Oh, anyway, that's me. Yeah. Holy. Far out, man. What isn't this movie an, an analog for or an allegory of? It, like everything. Every story. Everything. Everything. <laughs> And we already know Porkins is in it, so there's a Star Wars angle, too. Oh, yeah. It's a Raiders of the Lost angle. It's got, like, everything in this film. So much. So, really, I think that, yeah, that, again, like, flashes the guiding light. He's the North Star. Sure. Uh, of many, many kind of uh, redemptions in this film. And so there is a lot to take away from this. And it is a, a silly film, and it's crazy. He's Andy Dufresne. <laughs> what God? Oh, <laughs> um, Oh my God! This... He does. He he crawls through three football fields full of shit. Oh, just yeah. when the trash comes. Anyway, oh my God! That's colitis. He crawls through his colon and gets like oh, to the other side. Colitis is. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. All right. Well, that's amazing, Tristan. Like, I think this was like such a good film, and it was awesome to do it with you. I love that you landed on this theory that it was a fucking mind trip, Ooh. and that it was something that we would have to explore. And then now you built that out. No, no, but I mean, honestly, what fun. And I mean, it sort of made this film that would otherwise have been kind of a shit show into something that kind of like coherent. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You've got next level thinking. And that's kind of my gift this year from you has been to be hanging out with you. Aww, and so, nice. you know, if there was one more thing you'd give me. Hey, you... any gift you want, you oh, can. you know what? I would love you to get your fucking shine box. Yes. <laughs> This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to Ross Smith for the intro and outro music, and extra special thanks to Three Geeky Dads, a cool podcast with a bunch of cool guys. Please check them out wherever you find podcasts, and check us out wherever you find podcasts, except for Apple. Apple's a bit of a jerk, but everybody else, we're pretty good.